Hey y'all, it's A Few Minutes with the Pew Podcast. I'm Lily. And I'm Maddie. And we have a passion to see people make Jesus number one in their everyday lives. We want to get serious about being serious for Jesus. Will you join us? Hey everybody, welcome to our 200th podcast episode. We are so excited to have you joining us in the studio today. We have a very, very exciting podcast episode planned for you Mm -hmm. and we cannot wait to get into some of these things that we're about to get into with you guys. We wanted to make this episode extremely special because obviously 200 episodes is absolutely insane here. It doesn't feel like we've sat down 200 times. Well, plus, yeah, plus. because we have some episodes that have never been posted before. They've never but been aired for good reason yeah. <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. But yeah, 200 is crazy. Like to think that we've probably sat down like 220 times mm-hmm. to record is crazy. Absolutely insane. And we are so excited to continue the show and mm-hmm. to keep putting out content like we have been and to see what other topics and things. We get asked quite a lot, how do you guys come up with all these topics? Yeah. How do you keep this going? And quite honestly, I have no idea what to tell y'all. Mm-hmm. It is the Lord. He just gives us new things. Obviously, there are new things happening in the world yeah. every day and different things like that that we can discuss and talk about. But Sometimes it is a little bit of a struggle to come up with something to tackle that we haven't tackled before because after you've sat down 200 times and you have discussed so many different topics and mm-hmm. sometimes multiple topics within one episode, it's it gets a little difficult to decide, have we talked about this before? Yeah. Have we not? I can't really remember. But it really is crazy to look back over the last three years and to look at all that the Lord has done through the show, with the show, and just giving us the opportunity to sit down each week. I know Maddie mm-hmm. and I thank the Lord for this all the time, the fact that we have the opportunity to use our voices for the kingdom, and we have an opportunity to share the gospel with people. Yeah. And we don't take that lightly. That's not something that we want to take for granted. It is a privilege to be able to do that. And so today we're going to start off our hour-long podcast episode, Mm -hmm. okay? This is what we came up with to celebrate 200 episodes. We are going to do an hour-long episode, and we are going to have lots of different segments within this episode, so it's not going to be like just one long conversation. We're going to split it up a little bit. We're going to have some different topics. We're going to have some Christmassy segments. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to get into some rapid fire questions because you guys really, really enjoy those episodes. And so it's going to be a mix of a lot of our favorite things and a lot of y'all's favorite things from the show and what we've done in the past. So let's get into it. Okay, first up, we're going to start with just a couple of announcements, not very many, because, you know, it's a special and we're not spending too much time on announcements. Mm -hmm. We don't have time for that. But I did want to just remind everyone that we are in the thick of Blogmas and Mm -hmm. uh, I know that lots of you have been coming back every single day and reading our posts and we're really grateful for that. We have some more guest posts coming up. If y'all haven't read Cameron Green's post that she wrote for us last week, you should definitely go and read that. It was a really great post about just contemplating the beauty of Jesus and the beauty of Christianity and how that relates to our lives and how we need to remain focused on that beauty. And so it was a really great post. And then mom followed it right up with a Narnia themed post and was talking about 
the deeper magic of Christmas and she did an incredible job with that one. So we've got all kinds of new posts coming for mm-hmm. you guys from all of us and we are excited to keep that going. And again, thank you to everyone who has been understanding in a lot of our republishing and different things. That's definitely not what we had planned for mm-hmm. Blogmas at all, but a lot of you guys know that so many different things were going on in our lives last week and the week before, and it was just really difficult because we had a lot of like loss that we were dealing with, and then Lily and I were both also in the middle of finals and you know we're taking exams writing essays all kinds of different things like that and so it was just really difficult to find time to write a bunch of posts and different things like that so we really appreciate you guys Mm -hmm. still coming back and reading some of the posts that we know that a lot of you have already read for those of you who are new though those are some of our favorite posts that we've ever written the Mm -hmm. ones that we republished so we tried to keep it interesting for y'all we tried to give you the best ones but thanks to everybody for understanding that and don't forget to sign up for our email list if you haven't already so that you don't miss any more blog posts absolutely all right let's jump into our first segment here which is just a little bit of a walk down memory lane Mm mm-hmm Of course, you cannot do a 200th episode and not walk down memory lane a little bit and reminisce and think about how we started, when we started, all of the different things that went into beginning the podcast and beginning the show, which I think we've shared a little bit about. Obviously, if you guys have been here since the very beginning, you know that we started out in the thick of COVID. We started Mm -hmm. out in May of 2020 on our one-year anniversary of the blog. Mm -hmm. So that was really exciting because we were celebrating all that the Lord had done through the blog the first year, which was crazy. The Lord blessed the blog in the beginning there in amazing ways, and he continues to do so. And it's just so exciting to see how that platform was growing. And we wanted a place where we could just talk. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's really what we wanted to do. And also, there were so many things going on in the world in the middle of 2020, obviously, that we were seeing take place. And we knew nothing about podcasting. I want you guys to understand this, okay? I want you to picture this, kind of get this uh, mental picture in your mind, because We had no idea what we were doing. We sat down with one Blue Yeti mic, and it's a blessing that we had some people in our lives who guided us as far as like what mic to use and editing software and all of those different things. But we quite literally started the show in about a week, two weeks. Uh, We kind of just made the decision. We had been talking about it for a little bit and kind of just made the decision on a whim to... Mm -hmm start the podcast as a way of celebrating our one-year anniversary of the blog. And you guys know that's how we roll. Like we just suddenly decide we're going to start a podcast and we do it. So Maddie, what are your like earliest memories, I guess, of talking about the show? And what were you thinking about when we started it? And what did you kind of see us doing in the very, very beginning? Well, I probably had way too high of expectations for (laughs) what it was going to look like. I mean, I'm imagining Rush Limbaugh, Glenn Beck, Mm -hmm. stinking good podcasts, Mark Levin, you know, these people that we have listened to like our whole entire lives. And obviously we weren't starting a political show, but if that tells you anything about me, I only listen to political podcasts and true crime podcasts, but obviously we weren't going to start a true crime podcast. So I, th- my expectations for the podcast were probably a little too high because we start out in our bedroom mm-hmm. with a little TV tray in between us 
our oh. microphone sitting on top of it and both of us like right up against the right. microphone eye to eye because <laughs> we're talking on each side of the mic and it definitely was not professional <laughs> great when we started and I just remember being like I don't even know what I'm doing mm-hmm. I don't know what to say I don't know like I don't know if anyone is even going to listen to it I think that's always the most intimidating part when you yeah well it's kind of a twofold issue because first you're afraid that no one's going to listen and then you're afraid that people are going to listen mm-hmm. and that's terrifying like I cannot stand still to this day 200 episodes later to hear people play it out loud. in front of us yeah <laughs> and to have multiple people listening because like right now you know we're at our house we're in our studio mm-hmm. it's just me and lily and it's comfortable yeah yeah there's no judgment you know <laughs> it's the safe space here but then when people start to play it or they're talking about it with us or whatever it's not as awkward to talk about it with people i think that's mm-hmm. really cool because it's incredible to know that we have hundreds of people coming back every week mm-hmm. and listening like religiously yeah. every Monday when we come out with something. Mm-hmm. That's just really crazy to think about that people actually find what we have to say important and interesting. Mm-hmm. And so that's definitely, I feel like we have definitely grown in this area mm-hmm. a lot and we've upgraded so many things and it's just been a really cool journey. I think that the podcast is honestly one of my favorite things that we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though I am like a total writer and I love writing and, you know, blog posts are great. I think that the podcast is just so much more personal and we're able to connect with all of you way better than in a writing format because we are able to get a lot of feedback and we're able to say everything that we're thinking without mm-hmm. being like, okay, we got to keep this to a two page. Uh, length or a specific word count, we can just talk about whatever we're thinking about and whatever's going on in the world. So I think that that's definitely what sets the podcast apart from everything Mm -hmm. else that we do and makes it a lot more fun and special. So it's definitely been a journey and a learning process. Mm -hmm. And there has been a lot of editing hours put into this and a lot of really generous donations put into this so that we can continue improving, continue making our audio better and just putting out even better content for you guys because that's always our top priority is to sound professional and to be professional and to give you guys something that is actually worth your time because Mm -hmm. we all know that we all hate listening to podcasts that are subpar and are not that great. And so that's definitely something that we're really grateful for, for all of you continuing to listen and support us in that way. That's definitely an important part of it because if you guys weren't listening, there would be no point in doing it. And so, yeah, Mm -hmm. it's been, it's been interesting. Yeah. It's absolutely crazy that you know, just looking back, we celebrated 5,000 downloads by speaking to a youth group and doing a live podcast episode. If Mm -hmm. you guys remember that when we posted all that stuff and we also recorded it, we did a live podcast episode as we spoke to the youth group. And then we- One of our most listened to episodes. Mm -hmm. That one was called Daily Dragons. And so we celebrated 5,000 by doing that. And then 10,000, you guys know, we hit that. It was actually around the time that we were 
we're celebrating three years for the podcast and mm-hmm. four years for the blog. We started our YouTube channel, which has not gone exactly how we expected it to, no. but we're working on it, guys. We are coming back with new videos and different things. There's been so much going on in life, and I feel like that's another thing. Like You look back on all of the different things that have been happening, not only this year, but the past few years that we've had the podcast, mm-hmm. and you just look at all of the different life stages that we've walked through. I was 16 when we started the podcast. Maddie was 14. That's <laughs> wow. We were babies. Am I right on that? Yeah. Yes. And I I mean just looking back on the past few years and just all of the growing and all of the traveling that we've done as a family and the ministry center uh, and what a blessing that was. And then last year getting to actually be in the ministry center and start recording out here. So we've been recording out here for about a year this time. That's crazy. And so that's really exciting because we upgraded to our two mics and our mm-hmm. soundboard and all of that stuff in our studio. And we've been meeting out here with our Bible study group. The Bible study group continues to just thrive and be such an amazing time each week for all of us. So you see all of these different things that the Lord has been doing in our lives since starting the podcast and just how committed our listeners are. That is Mm -hmm. so encouraging to me because when you sit down each week and you come up with new topics and you sit down and you record and then you have to edit and then there's the uploading part and then there's posting and then there's all these different elements that I think a lot of people don't know about just because I I didn't know about it before we started the podcast. It's so encouraging to me to see how committed you guys are. And Mm -hmm. once I upload, I see the downloads coming in. I see the listens. I see all of that stuff. And it's really encouraging to know that all of that hard work, all of that dedication, all of the time and effort that it took to get that episode out is actually being listened to and hopefully being an encouragement to you guys every single week. And I know that because we've heard it from people in our own lives who are like, I saw that the episode on Monday was late. Like I was so excited yeah. to listen to it and I was so excited to to hear what you guys were going to talk about this week. And so I know that so many of you look forward to mm-hmm. when they come out and the different things that we're talking about. And that is just so encouraging to us. So please know that your downloads matter, your listens matter. Yeah. Sharing is one of the best things that you guys can do. Share the show with your friends, share it with your family, put it out on your social media. Maddie and I post it on our Instagram and Facebook pages, on all of those different pages. And it is so encouraging to see you guys interacting with those and sharing it with mm-hmm. those you know. So Let's get into our next segment, Maddie. What is our anticipated segment? Yeah, exactly. What is our next segment? Our next segment is going to be a rapid fire segment. I'm very excited about these. Y'all know how much I love these episodes and you guys apparently love them too, which is Mm -hmm. always great. There's another thing about podcasting. You may love something, you may love recording it, and then you put it out and it's like, a flop yeah <laughs> and no one really likes it but luckily our rapid fire episodes are some of our favorites mm-hmm. to record and apparently y'all's favorites to listen to so that's always good so we figured we would incorporate that into this episode and just go over a few different questions these are not going to be strictly christmas themed yeah our christmas segment will come later you'll just have to wait it is coming one. but i'm sure we'll end up mentioning christmas at some point mm-hmm. with these okay so Welcome to our rapid fire question segment. I'm going to start out asking Lily my first question. I actually wrote down some extra 
because y'all know I have a hard time deciding which ones I want to do when I actually get here. <laughs> or what order we want to do them yeah, in, too. Exactly. A lot of them end up going together at some point. <laughs> yeah, somehow, which is always interesting. I guess that shows you how much Lily and I are connected. It's a little which creepy. It's scary. Okay. Uh, I'll start with this one. How do you know when you're being genuine or authentic to your true self? I thought this was a really interesting question because I've thought about this before. I feel like everyone behaves a little differently depending on the people that they're around. So like, is there any such thing as a true self or like, how do you know that you are behaving as your true self, like with your most authentic and raw personality? Hmm. I don't know. I just thought it was kind of an interesting question. I think for me personally, I would say if I don't have to work hard at my behavior, like how I'm acting Mm -hmm. or what I'm saying or really like overthinking things, I guess, for me personally, if I'm not having to do those things, then I know that I'm being genuine because I'm not having to work hard at being something else or Mm -hmm. I'm not thinking necessarily when I'm talking with my friends, when I'm comfortable, when I'm all of those things, I'm not thinking about what I have to say next or what I'm going to say next or any of those things. I'm just able to be myself with them and I'm able to talk about the Lord with them. And I would say that is probably one of the biggest things for me is if I am comfortable to talk about the Lord with those that I'm around, I'm being completely genuine. I'm being Mm -hmm. authentic because that is what I care the most about. And so if I'm able to talk about him and I'm able to do so comfortably and just with ease and I don't have to worry about, oh, I got to say this specific thing and I need to make sure that nobody thinks I'm saying this instead or whatever, then I know that I'm being very genuine in my conversation and also that I'm comfortable with those people because I know that I can trust them Mm -hmm. and that we're going to have meaningful conversation. And so for me, that is really I guess what determines or how I know if I'm being completely genuine with those I'm around. If I'm having to overthink constantly and worry about what they're thinking or how they're going to react to something, then usually it keeps me from being completely genuine because I am in a way trying to behave a certain way. I'm trying to look a certain way so that they will react a certain way. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a good answer because we definitely live in a society that prioritizes performance over genuine connection with people. Mm -hmm. And I think we even value performance over a genuine connection with ourselves in some ways, even though our society is totally like self-care, get Mm -hmm. in touch with your emotions, you know, all those things. At the same time, it's still supposed to look a certain way. Right. If you want it to be Instagrammable, if you want it to be worthy of your influencer feed, Mm -hmm. you have to be behaving a certain way. Yeah. Even though the world is telling you to be your genuine self. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think that when you can step into ultimately the identity that Christ has given you, that's definitely where you are functioning in your most authentic and raw Mm -hmm. personality. Because when you accept Christ, your entire personality changes. And yet sometimes we feel the need to kind of convert back to what we were before based on the level of performance we feel like we need to put on for the people that were around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so the question that I have for Maddie is how do you define the concept of justice and fairness in society? Oh, goodness gracious, Lance. (laughs) I am so sorry. This is just the first one that came to mind, and so that's where we're starting. Okay. 
Well, I think that justice and fairness are two very different things Mm -hmm. because justice is not always fair Mm -hmm. necessarily. Uh, We may not feel like it's fair. I think ultimately, yes, it is fair because justice is right. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think that also in our world today, we have a very perverted idea of what justice looks like. Mm -hmm. And we were actually just talking about this last night at our Christmas party with some of our friends that we were putting on for our Bible study group. And we were just talking about how perverted our justice system is in America and how much of a racket it's kind of become. Because this is what we talk about at Christmas parties. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It was just a very low-key, chill conversation. (laughs) That does sound weird now that I'm Uh saying it. We don't talk about that at Christmas parties, really. (laughs) And we were at Chick-fil-A, so it was the perfect place to talk about all things good and holy. If I would have been sitting next to a group of girls who are obviously like, Seriously, like a bunch of 18-year-olds. I would be like, what in the world? Do you understand how perverted our justice system is? It's (laughs) just a total mob. Like, it's a total racket. Can you believe this? I heard this thing the other day. Anyway, it's quite interesting, but yeah. yeah, It was a good conversation. You know, we were talking about it, all agreeing with it, and then we were talking about how I should go to law school to change it, and I don't have the funds for that. If anyone would like to pay for my law school tuition, (laughs) you are totally welcome to do that. Okay, so if I were to define justice, it would be a very black and white thing, and it would obviously be, okay, see, but I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, that it would be black and white, because I think that, well, yeah, I think it would be black and white because we have complicated it so much. And I think if we got back to more of a biblical concept of what justice is supposed to look like and modeled that after the way that the Lord values justice, it would become a very black and white issue because then you have a moral and eternal law that you are abiding by. Mm-hmm. Because even right now, you know, in America, justice is looked at as creating new abortion laws and allowing for different criminals to be released because we are just overrun and we don't have the capacity for them or just don't want to waste time trying to actually improve society. And so I think that if we were abiding by a very moral and eternal law as set out for us by scripture, justice would be a very black and white thing where there is good and there is evil and there is no gray area. Obviously, in a very ideal society, everyone would believe that, and then our justice system would be perfect, and it would be uh, very functional, and we would be getting to the bottom of crime and evil, ultimately, in our society. Mm -hmm. However, we live in a culture that has definitely destroyed the concept of truth, which is essential to justice, because if you have no foundation of truth, then you can have no justice later on down the road, because there's no way to determine whether it actually happened or not, or whether it's actually wrong to everyone, right Mm -hmm. to some people, that kind of thing. So I think justice, if I were going to try and define it, it would be the determining factor between good and evil in its most basic and raw form. Mm -hmm. And obviously, I think that we are all going to struggle with that, even if we are trying to follow a very biblical concept of law and justice, because in our human capacity, we tend to get it very muddled and we tend to get it mixed up between justice and fairness. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there are some people who you want to see punished for certain things and then other people who you know, maybe they even did the same thing and you're kind of connected to them though, or you know that they're a good person but are in bad circumstances or something like that. And so we want to make distinctions between those different things. So 
it's a complicated issue, I think, in mm-hmm. our society today. Justice is flexible. And I think that under God's design, justice should be very concrete. Mm-hmm. And so that's definitely a problem in our society today. Mm-hmm. I think fairness, honestly, is a non-existent concept for the most part because we live in a sinful and evil world, a fallen world, and so nothing is fair. Nothing has been fair from the moment sin entered the world. So I think that honestly, fairness is a concept that we've tried to come up with to console ourselves in that, and it's something that will never be achieved. Life is not fair, and that is primarily due to sin and evil. And so until after like the rapture and the tribulation and everything, when evil is completely wiped out, that is never going to be an achievable concept. Mm-hmm. When I picked this question out, I was like, you know what's interesting about this is the fact that God's justice and his moral law and his standards are so perfect. Mm-hmm. It is the perfect mixture of love and righteousness yeah, and justice. Ultimately, those two things, I believe righteousness and love make up justice. Mm -hmm. And you have the perfect mix of these things in the Lord. For us, as we try to obey those things, as we try to, and I believe that our founders truly did the very best that they could and that their model for the justice system truly came from scripture and Mm -hmm. they did their very best. And I believe it was divinely inspired of how they made up our justice system in Mm -hmm. the beginning. But you see how far we've strayed from that. You see how far we've strayed from that perfect mixture of righteousness and love, which makes up justice. And it just allows us to see the state of mankind and how quickly we decline morally and how quickly we decline to think that everything must be fair and that everything must be this way instead of just Mm -hmm. for the ultimate good of society. And it just, I hope, makes us recognize that we should all be longing for the true justice of the Lord. Yeah. And On one hand, that's a very scary thought Mm -hmm. because of our own sin and the state of our own hearts, but also you see the state of the world and you recognize that that's the only thing that can truly make us righteous again is the blood of Christ and the justice that comes from the Lord. And so I hope that our own justice system and seeing how we have just made everything so gray. Everything is so gray for everyone. And there is no black and white, right and wrong anymore. There is no truth like Maddie was talking about. I hope that these things make us long for the true justice of the Lord Mm -hmm. and help us to recognize his perfect character in this and just how good he is that we have a God who we can trust is absolutely just. Mm -hmm. There is no this is almost right. I might do one thing in this situation and do something else for this situation. And like our justice system operates today, that is so confusing. And that is so disheartening because you see these different circumstances and you see how far we have strayed from his perfect law and how that has made our society into what it is today. And so that's just kind of was my mm-hmm. thought process when forming this question, which is why I was so excited to see what your answer would be. And I think that you answered it perfectly that if we don't get back to that concept of truth and we don't have that, then we'll never have justice in society. Yeah. And so the concept just 
really dissolves in an instant if you don't believe in the Lord's justice and you don't model earthly justice after his own moral law. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think another element of this that is in some ways scary and in some ways encouraging is that the United States still has the greatest justice system in the world, I believe. Mm -hmm. And so in some ways that's scary because we do see that it has become corrupt in a lot of ways. And now I think that there are still people who are trying to pursue genuine justice. Sure. Definitely do. There are always a few who are still trying to Mm -hmm. do that. That's the basis of everything that we do. But it's also scary to think that if this is the best, then in other areas, my goodness, how much has justice been polluted and watered down? We're just left open to interpretation so much based on tyrannical leaders and political positions and, yeah, opinions. So, anyway, yeah, that was an interesting question. Okay, let's move on to something a little more encouraging. (laughs) Uh, My next one, and I think this is interesting. I've thought about this a lot. Is there anything in the world that you believe everyone finds to be beautiful? Does inherent beauty actually exist? I think this is really interesting and uh, something that I have contemplated before, but I still don't think I have like a concrete answer. Hmm. This is a deep one. This is philosophical. And I love philosophical questions. I would say my first thought, and this is rapid fire, so you just go with what you first think of. Blurt it out. um, Is love. I think that love is something that is inherently beautiful to everyone, especially after you experience it. But I feel like there are some people, and this is something that some people might disagree with me about because they would say, well, you have people who after losing a spouse or after losing a loved one or, you know, something like that due to bad family situations or whatever it may be, they despise the thought of love. They never want to be loved again. They never want to love again. And so some people might disagree with me about everyone thinking that love is inherently beautiful, but they do. You see, and that's why they hate it because they have experienced love and it's been taken from them Mm -hmm. and they don't know what to do with that. It's Lewis who once said, to love it all is to be vulnerable. If you've never read some of his quotes um, about grief and about pain and suffering and things like that, it is absolutely phenomenal. Like he just blows my mind in every way. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) yeah, but that's why I think that everybody inherently believes that love is beautiful because we want to experience it again so badly that we allow ourselves to be kept from experiencing it again because of the pain we felt when it was taken away. Mm -hmm. And so it's just, it's kind of this paradox. It's this interesting concept that I, I don't even think I've fully wrapped my mind around, but I truly believe that everyone believes that love is truly beautiful Mm -hmm. and that it is something that we all long to experience. And ultimately why I believe that is, is because God has put that desire for love in each one of us in order to find him, in order to recognize the beauty of the cross, in order to recognize the goodness of his love for us and his sacrifice for us. Obviously that is to bring us to salvation. And we know that God is constantly chasing after us, that he wants a personal relationship with us more than anything, and that he has created us inherently with that desire. That is an inherent desire that we all have. And ultimately that desire is for love. And so I believe that even though we may not want to admit it, 
even if we have experienced the pain of loss and of suffering and of pain, we all want to be loved and we all want to love. And we find that beautiful because of Jesus and because of the desire he's put in each one of us to have that relationship with himself, which is ultimately the highest form of love that you could ever have or experience. That's a really good answer. Dang. (laughs) You came up with that fast and yeah, that was good. And I definitely agree. And I think you see this played out a lot in literature, Mm -hmm. uh, in our almost subconscious storytelling abilities, because you always see that the hero has something that he loves so much he's willing to live or die for it. Right. And the villain- Mm, Somebody put that on a shirt. (laughs) Yes. The villain is living in this world of fear and an absence of love and- That is often because in their backstory, there's been something or someone that has been taken away from them that they did love. Mm -hmm. And it's turned them into this kind of warped disaster because they've decided that there's no other love worthy of pursuing Mm -hmm. in a way. And so then we get this very black and white picture of darkness and evil and death in some ways. And then you have this picture of a hero who is light and life and love. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really great illustration of this idea because you see beauty blossoming from the other and beauty dying in the other. Mm -hmm. And that is simply because we've decided that we don't want to be vulnerable anymore. But I think that that is something that from the beginning of time has been essential to the human experience almost, Mm -hmm. to the divine experience even because even the Lord has loved and been vulnerable. Because he loved his creation, he had to go through the suffering that came with them choosing other things over him. And that has constantly repeated. And yet he gives us such an incredible example of continuing to pursue the beauty of love, Mm -hmm. despite the fact that you know that eventually it will be an amputation and it will be a devastating period where that love will be rejected Mm -hmm. or will be taken away from you. And yet we still get to see him persevere in that and continue to love and continue to open himself up to that vulnerability. And I think that gives the Lord a very endearing attribute. And I think that that is one of the most beautiful things about his character because we have love taken away from us and we experience grief and we experience that kind of amputation that comes with losing someone that you love. And then we want to close ourselves off to it. And yet the Lord is saying, no, even in that, in the middle of that vulnerability, in the middle of that amputation, I will give more. Mm-hmm. I will give the one thing that I love most and I will allow it to become vulnerable. I will allow it to suffer and to experience pain for the redemption of mm-hmm. that which I love. And I think that's the most beautiful picture of beauty mm-hmm. in the first place. So yeah, I, I agree with that answer even though I didn't necessarily think about that before. I really was wondering if there was a concrete answer to that question, but I think that that probably is it. Mm-hmm. Okay, that was good. Now I'm excited to move on to this yeah, one. Okay, uh, this next question I thought was extremely interesting. If you had to abandon one of your deepest convictions oh my, in order to save the rest, which one would you choose? Oh my gosh. I know. It's a hard one. I'm going to read it one more time because it's kind of confusing. If you had to abandon one of your deepest convictions in order to save the rest, which one would you choose? 
your deepest convictions. Oh my goodness. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry to uh, do this. And all of terrible. our listeners are probably like, oh my goodness, what what is she about to say? Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea what you're going to say. Y'all are as much in the dark as I am. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. What are some of my deepest convictions? Obviously, I, I don't think I would sacrifice anything to do with Christianity. Yes. But then that means that so that's what you would want to save. Yeah. But then that narrows it down to like my patriotic <laughs> convictions. And I don't really want to give any of those up either. <laughs> uh. So I feel like some of my absolute deepest convictions, aside from Christianity, is that America is the greatest country on earth mm-hmm. ever. So what would I have to give that one up? Because I can't even think of any other ones. I'm trying to think of like a personal life yeah. one. This was too hard. Why did you I'm choose sorry. this one? <laughs> oh, gosh. I just thought um, it was so interesting. It is, but almost Any, impossible. Anything to do with like family That's or- That's what I was trying to think of. Like relationships or See, Christmas. it's hard though because I feel like when you're a Christian, all of your convictions fall under that and yeah. you don't want to compromise any of those because then it ends up compromising the rest of them, mm-hmm. I think. Okay, but that shows if you would go with something more patriotic or about America or whatever. I think those are spiritual too, though. That's the problem. Yeah. But it still comes under Christianity. It yeah, comes which after is why Christianity. I wouldn't want to sacrifice it. Is it influenced by spiritual principles and all of those things? Yes, but... Yeah. Like I, Because then I feel like you can almost rebuild those other convictions in other ways. Yes. If that makes any sense to anyone else. (laughs) Okay. Makes sense to me. I don't feel like I have a very concrete answer for that one. Okay. I'm not sure I have a very concrete answer for either. Yeah. But I just wanted to explore that a little bit because I think that that's a very interesting question that just gets you thinking about all of your different convictions too. Yeah. Because it's hard to, like, how often do you think about what you're truly deeply convicted about? I've got it. Oh, she's been got it inspired okay i guess i would sacrifice my deep deep conviction that goes down to my very core Mm -hmm. that the lord of the rings is the greatest trilogy (laughs) in the world oh my goodness (laughs) i think i would sacrifice that one to save the rest i'm not sure forgive me Forgive me, please. Insert clapping here or no? Okay, okay, absolutely not. (laughs) Yeah, I think I would. I don't think I've something like that. Never thought I would hear you say that. (sighs) Makes me want to (laughs) vomit. Okay, (laughs) moving on. Moving on. Moving on. Um, Okay, how many more are we doing? Do we have time for? I have two more. Okay, Uh, but I have to decide which ones. Okay, this may be an over an hour episode. We shall see. This kind of goes with what I was saying just a minute ago about the heroes and the villains. Is it more admirable to live for a cause or to die for it? Which do you think is more um, admirable? I don't. I think that's an interesting question. Mm. Like to believe in it so much that you would die for it or to love it so much that you would continue living for it despite whatever circumstances you're in. I'm not sure I quite agree with the question. <laughs> what do you mean? If I'm being honest, I don't oh, I don't know. I think my first instinct I would say is to live for it because that is a daily decision that is a moment by moment 
consciousness of whatever that is that you love so much. It's almost a daily death. Yes. And I think that that is, I would say that's more important. But at some point, you're going to have to die for it. Yeah. And not just the daily death. You're Mm -hmm. going to have to, like, this is once and for all dying for it. Yeah. If you truly love it, like, more than anything else. And I think that that is why martyrdom and those kinds of things are so important because those people, it's not a one or the other, I guess. That's why I don't quite agree with the question because I think that it has to be both. They go together. Mm -hmm. They go together like hand in glove. And I think that that is why, going back to what I was saying about martyrdom, that's why that is so important because these people who die for their faith, they have decided to die the daily death. They have decided to go to church regardless of whether they're going to be arrested or found out or Mm -hmm. any of that. So they make those sacrifices. They make that effort. They walk miles and miles. They care for their brothers and sisters. They do all of these things. And so it really is a daily death for them. They are choosing those things above all else, which shows that they love it above all else. If you're willing to die for it once and for all, which is what a martyr does, that shows that you were genuine. Yeah. And I think that there are a lot of people who love things and even in their lives, such as their jobs and activities and different things, like there are people that I see dying daily deaths per se, Mm -hmm. obviously this is an analogy, um, to do activities or to excel at their job or to get the next job promotion or whatever it is. And they truly, they love it, but when it really comes down to it, they wouldn't be willing to die for it. They're willing to die the daily deaths, but they're not willing to actually die once and for all for it. So that is why martyrdom to me is really the most admirable thing because it is a person who has said in their death, I lived every day for this because of how much I loved it, but I also am willing to die once and for all for it because that's how important it was to me. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that is the most admirable and hopefully all of us live our lives that way. I hope that Christianity, because it can become this thing that we do and we see this all the time, people go to church, people die daily deaths, they sacrifice, they give money to the poor, they serve at a food bank, they, you know, help people out, they whatever. They do all the things. They read their Bible every day. They worship. They check the boxes, but then when it comes down to it, it doesn't matter because they're not willing to die once and for all for it. And they're not willing to let that be the end of themselves okay good does that make sense i think that was good okay that is just me thinking quite honestly okay i i agree with that and this is honestly a question that i've thought about a lot in my writing life because when you're creating stories and you're creating them around characters who have to make really difficult decisions this is a question that i've asked myself a lot before because it's like does it portray their sacrifice for their cause better to live for it in spite of various difficult circumstances? Or does it portray sacrifice better to have them die for it and be like, I will commit to this once and for all in a decision that can never be changed? Mm -hmm. So this is definitely a question that I've kind of wrestled with, but I agree that it is kind of a twofold question or issue because 
to get to the point where you are willing to die for a cause, you have to be willing to live for it. Yeah. I, I really do think that they go together. I don't yeah. think that you can live for something and not be willing to die for it. And I don't think that you can die for something that you haven't lived for. Yeah. And be genuine in that. I just, I don't see. And I think that that really is the highest form of sacrifice. Yeah. The fact that somebody has lived and died for something. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. All right, one last question because okay. we are running low on time here yep. and we want to get to our other our Christmas segment. Our Christmas segments, yes. Oh man, I have two more left and I can't I have three more I left that I could ask. Okay, let's go with this one. Is there any such thing as luck or chance? Are our fates predestined? Mm. Now here we got to get into a bunch of theological <laughs> issues. Um this okay. should not be that hard. Should I set a timer for you for like a minute? No. Okay. Absolutely not. I will not tolerate that here. <laughs> um, okay. So I think that, first of all, no, there's no such thing as luck or chance. Period. There's no such thing as luck. We make our own luck in the words of Thorne Oakenshield. But I think that there – it's kind of difficult to explain. But I think that there is such a thing as fate, though. And in a way, I think that our lives are predestined – because the Lord simply knows everything that's going to happen, but he does not force it to happen. So this is where we end up with some theological problems within the church because some people believe that because the Lord knows everything that's going to happen, we don't actually have free will and he just plans out your life and basically life just happens to you yeah. and you don't get a decision in that. And so that's why we end up with some arguments for uh, predestination and how basically if the Lord has decided that you are going to be saved and you're going to go to heaven, then you will. But if he has decided that you will not, then you are destined to hell and you have no choice in the matter. I think that that is completely wrong. Humanity has free will, period. And we are the ones that ultimately make the decision of whether we are going to accept or reject the love that he offers and the redemption that he offers. Mm -hmm. And he cannot force us to accept or reject it. It's always going to be there for us and it's always going to be an option for us until the point of death. Mm -hmm. But we are the ones that ultimately make the decision. So in a way, I believe that there is such a thing as fate because I think that the Lord does organize certain things in our lives to give us as many opportunities to make our own decision yeah. as possible. Mm -hmm. So it's not this, I'm going to orchestrate their life so that there will be this one moment where they completely reject me and so then they're destined to hell like I wanted them to be. Or I'm going to organize their lives in such a way that they're going to have this one specific moment where they have this opportunity to follow me and they're just going to say yes, but then they can keep living life however they want to. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's where that argument falls out a little bit because it's like, okay, if you make the decision but then you go and completely live a life of sin and are not reverent toward the Lord at all, you made that one decision and you were predestined. So doesn't really matter. I don't agree with that at mm -hmm. all. So I think that, okay, in some cases there is fate because the Lord organizes our lives in such a way that we are given opportunities to follow him or to tell someone about him or something like that, you mm -hmm. know? And obviously this expands past just Christianity or just making that one decision. Yeah. Because I believe that the Lord is intimately involved in our lives. Mm -hmm. 
but I don't think that he controls our lives. So it's this distinction that we have to make between, okay, do we have a dictatorship that we're serving or do we have a type of republic Mm -hmm. that we're a part of um, where we have control over certain things? We make decisions. We're involved in the government system and we get to ultimately decide what our fate will be, Mm -hmm. what kind of ruler we will have and that kind of thing. Will we rule ourselves or will we submit to someone else's leadership? Where do we have this dictatorship where life just happens to us and if we are destined for hell, there's nothing we can do about it. And because that's just what this dictator has said, or if we're destined to heaven, then good for us, but there's nothing we did to deserve that either Mm. or to gain that in a way because obviously none of us deserve eternity with the Lord, but we've been given that opportunity to accept that and pursue that. Mm -hmm. So there's no such thing as luck or chance at all, I don't think. And that is because the Lord is intimately involved in our lives. But I do believe there is such a thing as fate, but not in the secular sense. There is such a thing as fate in that the Lord gives us opportunity after opportunity for different things and specifically designs uh, those opportunities mm-hmm. for us. So I don't know. It's a it's a very theological question that I'm sure some of you listening may even disagree with me about, but those are my beliefs. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. I agree. Okay. Are we ready to move on to the next segment? Indeed. Okay. So we are going to move into... Holiday hot takes. Welcome to the next segment. This is going to be interesting because Lily and I could barely come up with a hot take. <laughs> it was a struggle, y'all. She really struggled with I, this one. I, I came up with a struggling. few because I have a capacity for... You have a few? Rage. Okay, so you um, start them and then I'll also share how I... I really only have a couple now. Okay. I've narrowed it down. Okay, my first hot take is the redoing of classical Christmas songs. <laughs> I can't stand it unless you are David Crowder. You can't don't do touch the original <laughs> holiday songs. Stop it. I will listen to Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, and Bing Crosby for the rest of my life with the original Christmas songs. Throw some Ella Fitzgerald in there too. Uh, I can't stand it when people start redoing classic Christmas songs. And this even goes out to Christian artists too. I can't stand it. When you're looking forward to this artist singing this classic Christmas song and you just want to hear them just sing the song, mm-hmm. just stinking sing the song. No, they got to go and change things and they got to add in different things. Like, I love Phil Wickham. We both love Phil Wickham. Are you about? To- yeah, I'm about <gasps> to criticize him. I was so excited for his Christmas album last year. Oh, no. I may have so to excited. start a solo podcast. Watch what you're about to say. And specifically, I was excited for him to do Joy to the World, one of my faves, you know? And then he has to go and change it. And I was so mad. It ruined the whole song. Oh, my goodness. I won't listen to it now. Now, his rendition of Away in a Manger, Perfect. great. Yeah. Perfect. Love it. You can change that one, I guess. If you guys have not listened to his new song, Manger Throne, it's very good. You have to go listen. See, to and it. I'm so fine good. with Christmas music like that. Yeah. If you want to write a new Christmas song, that's great. I think it's because, like, it kind of comes across, at least to me, as the artist is being prideful because they think that they can do make it that better. classical Christian mm-hmm. Christmas, whatever you want to call it, song much better themselves. And yeah. you just, you just can't. Yeah. So. There's one of my hot takes. I really – now, and the only reason I exempt Crowder from this thing is because he's just 
elite and he just does a great job like if you haven't listened to his version of carol of the bells oh my goodness it is so good it's like a rock version Mm -hmm. almost and i love that because i think that carol of the bells has always sounded creepy at least to me i don't know if other people have thought that but the way that he does it it's like this rock song and it is so good or his version of go tell it on the mountain with ricky skaggs (laughs) good great love that but crowder's the only one that i am giving permission to do that okay none well, of I the could, other people i'm thinking of will ever hear this episode but <laughs> i reject their <laughs> new versions of this song i especially hate it when secular artists do that and change the song into something more secular yes because of course they don't really believe in christmas yeah they don't want to say jesus in yeah. the song or whatever yeah that is annoying very very annoying What's you yours? know my hot take the only the only hot take that I could come up with. Now, listen, guys, I didn't have a lot of time to think through this, so here's the only one I could come up with. The people who truly, like in their heart of hearts, believe that Jesus was born on December 25th. Mm. We're about to burst y'all's bubbles if you didn't know that. I am so sorry to share this information with you, but he wasn't born on December 25th. He wasn't born in December at all. Yeah, the people who think that that is like they're dead set on it, this is the day, mm-hmm. you know, no doubt about it. <sighs> you need to do some studying <laughs> yeah. because they get very like adamant about it and it's just wrong. Like it's not. That's it's what gets wrong, really annoying. You know, when people want to be adamant about an mm-hmm. issue and you just, you know that they're wrong. Like, like you're wrong. Yeah. Stop making a fool of yourself, man. <laughs> This is not preference or opinion. It's fact. Yeah. Yeah. That That's really okay. the only hot take I could come up with. All right. I'm, I'm not even one. sure that's a hot take, is it? I think it is. Okay. Yeah. But it's a very Christian hot take. Yes, it, it is. Because other people don't know that. Mm-hmm. Jesus was actually born in April <laughs> or May-ish based on historical records and the telling of the Christmas story. We can gather that. I won't go into all of that today, yeah. though. And Merry Christmas. Mm-hmm. It just changed forever. <laughs> It'll never be the same. Um, Okay. My final hot take is, and I was a little scared to do this one. Oh, no. Because this was our dad this year. I can't stand people who buy themselves their Christmas gifts. Because they have nothing to open. And that is so exciting. Yes. But it's also the fact that then you just feel like, okay, well, I'm just getting them whatever. Yeah. I can't get them something that they really wanted or that I know they're really going to like because they just bought all of this different stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Dad just bought himself a ton of Milwaukee stuff. And if y'all know us, you know that we are diehard Milwaukee users over here. And for my girlies who don't know what I'm talking about, Milwaukee is a tool brand. <laughs> but he just bought himself like a few different Milwaukee things that he really wanted. And he was like, this is my Christmas. Don't give me anything. I was like, for goodness right. sake, man, come on. It just annoys me. And that's become a trend on Instagram this year, Mm -hmm. too. I've seen a lot of reels of especially like young women who are like me trying to decide at the beginning of December if I should just buy myself everything that I want and forget about like telling people what I want or if I should just trust that someone maybe might get me something good. And I'm just like, 
I can't get behind that mindset. Yeah. Yeah. Because then that means that Christmas is only about the gifts for you. It's Mm -hmm. not about making the person that gave it to you feel good or feeling good about giving other people things because it's just all about you. Now, maybe I'm prejudiced in this area, though, because we have parents who do a great job at Christmas. Mom, elite. (laughs) Elite gift giver. You'll give her her list. Her list. Her list. (laughs) We practically have to give her her list. We do. Because she never tells us what she wants. You'll give her your list. She'll get you a couple things off of it, but nothing else. Mm -hmm. And yet, at the end of Christmas, you're like, dang, she did good. (laughs) Like, I didn't even need anything else on that list. So, that's another hot take. I can't stand people who buy themselves their own Christmas gifts. Mm. We better pray dad doesn't listen to this episode. Mm. Because you just roasted him. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, goodness. I can't help it. Okay, guys. We are moving in. This is kind of the same segment. I'm not sure how I'm going to edit this. Same segment. Maybe different segment. I don't know. But we're going to play a very quick game of Would You Rather Christmas Edition, of course, because tis the season. Maddie, the first Would You Rather question is relive a past winter holiday Mm. or travel to a future winter holiday? Past. Okay. Easy. Because, because of childhood? Yeah. Okay. It just keeps getting worse. <laughs> oh. <laughs> in some ways. Okay. You know, like in certain ways it gets better because you can understand Christmas a little bit better. I was just talking about this with one of my friends who was talking about how Christmas is just not the same mm-hmm. at all as it was when we were kids. But she was saying that she enjoys it in some ways because she's better able to understand Christmas in a more spiritual sense. But at the same time, there's just that magic that you have around mm-hmm. Christmas when you're a kid that is just crazy. And you don't realize that it's there until it's gone mm-hmm. in a way. And that's really sad to me. Like it can make me cry right oh. now. <laughs> so, yeah, I would definitely go to the past because I have a feeling that Christmas is just going to continue getting even more secularized and the magic is going to keep depleting Mm -hmm. and so yeah i would definitely choose past see i'm in this very weird like i don't know because part of me wants to travel to a future one to like when you have kids and stuff yeah 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 that that would really be probably the only reason i would travel to a future one like especially little kids yeah you know i just think that would be really sweet Okay, uh, next one is go ice skating or go sledding? Considering I have zero <laughs> agility when I have something strapped to my feet that moves or moves me, <laughs> I think the safest bet would be sledding. <laughs> um, I would totally prefer ice skating, <laughs> but what I know that I would kill myself. <laughs> I just would. <laughs> I Oh my goodness. I've never been good at like roller skating <laughs> or anything like that. So I haven't even attempted ice skating. Um because that is a very good If I can't do it with wheels attached to my feet that, <laughs> that aren't going to hurt me, I don't think I can do it with razor blades. <laughs> like oh my goodness. But you know what my like childhood dream career was to be a professional ice skater. To be an Olympic figure skater. Oh, an Olympic. <laughs> Olympic. That was always my favorite. Um, Not just professional to watch. Yeah. So okay. I think the safest bet would be sledding. <laughs> Although who knows, I might fail at that too. You might excel at ice skating. You never know. 
I'd kill myself or somebody else. That's for okay, sure. Guys. I don't know if you can call that excelling or not. <laughs> I would say that's excelling. <laughs> Murder? No, I'm just kidding. I'm going to take Maddie ice skating. Follow us on Instagram. I will uh, film it and post it as a reel. Absolutely real. not. The okay. only reason I would maybe go ice skating is if it was like a romantic date or something. But I would probably ruin <laughs> the romance. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't be very romantic. I would just be like on top of them the whole time because I would be so scared I'm going to fall. Just like, grabbing on yeah. them. Like, yeah, exactly. You lead. I'll follow. <laughs> Your hands hold my tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> All of my OG <gasps> Christian girlies will know that song. That is so weird. Jamie Grace, man. Okay. <sighs> oh, I haven't listened to Jamie Grace in like years. Forever. Yeah, I know. If you hear our dad outside, it's because he's yelling. Not really. He's talking loud he just to talks someone. Really loud all the time. Okay. Um, the next one: Christmas Eve or Christmas morning? Oh, see, this is such a hard one for yeah. me. But, Especially, uh, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say. And you guys have heard us talk about this on the show yeah. the past couple of years. Our shepherd's meal that uh-huh. we always do is like my favorite tradition. Favorite makes definitely favorite Christmas tradition. But I love Christmas morning because it's like the feeling and the emotions and like the excitement and all of that stuff. Christmas yeah. Eve is very, and I love this part of it. It's more solemn. It's very yeah. somber. Yeah. And, yeah. So I, I don't know. There are different aspects to each that I love. Mm-hmm. And it used to be when we were kids, our church used to do a like midnight yes. Christmas Eve service, candlelight Christmas Eve service. And that was always like our favorite thing every year. And yeah. you were just always, especially for people like us who don't have any extended family that you're spending Christmas with, you get to be with that like church family, which has become your extended family. And you're like together when the clock strikes midnight and it's Christmas and it was just a really good way to like start it. Yeah. And it was a really great tradition, but yeah, not many people do that anymore. And I think that's really sad, but yeah, our shepherd's meal is always really great and we've kind of made that into our own thing. So I don't know, but yeah, I mean the feeling of Christmas morning and the anticipation finally like coming to a head is always a lot of fun. It just, I think it kind of depends on the year mm-hmm. because sometimes the shepherd's meal is like, oh, really great and incredible. And then other times Christmas morning is really good. Like last year, we ended up, because Christmas was on a Sunday, we ended up only doing a few gifts on Sunday and then just moved our Christmas to the 26th. And that was just cool. And we were all kind of wrestling with some different things and I don't know why but we all just kind of ended up having like some really good conversations about those different things on Christmas and so I would choose that kind of Christmas over Christmas Eve yeah but then in some ways our shepherd's meal was really great that year too so yeah that's a hard Mm -hmm. one I don't know a very hard one okay couple more here untangle Christmas lights all day oh my gosh or shovel snow all day mine I can undoubtedly say untangle christmas lights snow. all day 100 percent snow for me i hate being cold i'm so mad right now because in ohio it is literally 53 degrees it's i'm looking at my weather app it's beautiful makes me furious we haven't had a single amount of snow since october and that was only like a little sprinkle <laughs> A sprinkle. A flurry. I guess you would call it a flurry. <laughs> um, it's like just Olaf's little cloud over us for like five minutes. Oh my goodness. So I would choose snow. 
Okay, this is the last question. The final girls. one before we wrap up our 200th podcast. This episode. is crazy. <sighs> Celebrate with family or solo travel to Iceland. Oh, gosh. I know. <laughs> I love Iceland at Christmas time. <laughs> That's why I saved this one for last. Okay, I fun fact. I'm going to say celebrate with family just before yeah, she gets into this because my family will hate me if I say something. I guess we'll do that. <laughs> um, if I must. See, but my mom would totally want to go to Iceland with yeah, me. Yeah, but it says solo travel. That's the problem. We're practically the same person. Oh, it's fine. Okay. <laughs> we identify as one. Uh, actually, in Iceland, they have this tradition where on Christmas Eve, and we've kind of adopted this in our family since mom and I found out about it. They have this tradition where you exchange books and chocolate on Christmas Eve with your family members and then you spend like the afternoon and evening of Christmas Eve reading and eating your chocolate and it's just like a very chill day. I want to eat chocolate. I really want some chocolate right now. <laughs> uh, and it's just a really like chilled. I also want a new book right now. <laughs> you do I don't not. need one, but I want one. And I think that that is beautiful. So I would love to do that in Iceland. But yeah, I guess I would say family because I feel like it would be depressing a little bit to like leave and know that they're all celebrating without you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would be sad. Okay, guys, that concludes our 200th episode. We are so thankful for you and we are so glad you joined us for this episode. Pray for us as we um, edit this. Yeah. Well, obviously, if you're listening to it, we are past the editing stage. So, anywho, thank you guys so much for joining us. We love y'all. Merry Christmas. This mm -hmm. is such an amazing time to reflect on the goodness of our Savior. Be sure to join us for Blogmas as we prepare our hearts for Christmas, and we will talk to y'all next Monday. Bye, guys. Mm -hmm.